Welcome to this ICMA podcast on aspects of our work in the international capital markets, as featured in the latest ICMA quarterly report. I am Paul Richards, Head of Market Practice and Regulatory Policy at ICMA. At the end of the post-Brexit transition period on 31 December 2020, the UK left the EU single market, passporting rights ceased, and the EU and UK markets became two separate markets. In the ICMA quarterly report, our quarterly assessment considers the risks of capital market fragmentation arising between the EU and the UK and examines the scope for regulatory cooperation in future in a global context. The global context is important as global institutions like the FSB and EOSCO have a remit which is global in scope. But the legislation arising generally needs to be implemented in different jurisdictions like the EU and the UK separately and the results are often not the same. Since the end of the post-Brexit transition period, the cross-border securities market has continued to function as efficiently as it can, largely because capital market firms were well prepared for the cessation of passporting rights and the fragmentation of the single market into two separate EU and UK markets. Preparations by market firms involved ensuring that they had authorization to operate in both the EU and the UK separately, instead of being able to rely on passporting rights to provide services across borders between them. At one level, the separation of the single market into two separate EU and UK markets has made the European Commission's objective of achieving capital markets union more important. But at another level, the departure of the EU's largest financial centre has made capital markets union harder to achieve in practice without international cooperation involving a closer working relationship with third countries, including the UK. The EU would be more effective in addressing capital market fragmentation internally if this was also addressed by the EU with third countries externally. Granting equivalence is the way in which the EU promotes international cooperation in capital markets by recognizing regulation in third countries as equivalent to its own. In November 2020, the UK government offered a package of equivalence decisions to EEA firms. The EU has not so far made significant grants of equivalence to the UK, with the exception of equivalence for UK CCPs, which are of systemic importance to the EU economy, until the end of June 2022. Time-limited equivalence has been granted in this case so that the EU can build up the resilience of its own market infrastructure in the meantime, with the aim of achieving open strategic autonomy. However, the European Commissioner has stressed that while the EU needs to achieve strategic autonomy in the medium and long term, the Commission wants to avoid a cliff edge 
which might cause market disruption in the short term. In November, the Commission announced that equivalents for UK CCPs would be extended beyond the end of June 2022. One of the European Commission's main concerns about granting regulatory equivalents to the UK is the prospect of regulatory divergence in future, given that the UK has left the single market. But too much reliance should not be placed on equivalents. It's a patchwork which can apply in the case of some EU regulations, but cannot apply in others. And where it does apply, it can be withdrawn by the Commission at short notice normally a minimum of 30 days. There's already evidence that UK regulation will begin to diverge from EU regulation with the objective of improving EU regulations onshored in the UK and adapting them to the UK context. But regulatory divergence will occur not just in response to measures taken by the UK, but also in response to measures taken by the EU a number of these separate EU and UK initiatives cover the same regulations, but if the EU and UK decide to change the regulations in different ways, the result will increase rather than reduce divergence. It's important to note that the UK authorities have made a point of saying that they will not reduce regulatory standards and that UK standards will be at least as high as the EU. Underlying the separation of the single market into two separate EU and UK markets is a difference in approach to markets and their regulation between the EU and the UK. One difference in approach is that the EU puts more emphasis than the UK on the need for a location policy. Another difference is that the UK is proposing to delegate detailed technical rules to regulators like the PRA and the FCA who will be accountable to Parliament. By contrast, the EU often includes detailed technical rules in primary legislation. It's become increasingly clear that regulatory divergence between the EU and the UK will continue. So the question is how best to manage this. Both sides have common outcome-based regulatory objectives at global level, share information, and explain the approach they take to each other. One option would be for the EU and the UK to develop a common regulatory framework of a similar kind to the common framework that has already been developed between the EU and the US. But the political context between the EU and the UK has not been favourable over the past year and is an overriding constraint. While the EU and UK both make changes to their rules independently in order to improve them, and supervisory cooperation is designed to ensure that the rules are applied effectively, the risk is that the market fragmentation arising from the replacement of the single market by two separate EU and UK markets will make European markets as a whole less competitive in global terms. Thank you for listening. To read more on capital markets news and developments, please access the ICMA quarterly report on our website. Thank you for listening.